What we're going to continue with today is the story of Moses, and uh, we're looking today at Exodus, as we've heard, uh, 17, 8 to 13, and today's talk is going to be called Fighting and Praying. And as we look into that passage, uh, Israel had just come through the Red Sea, uh, they're full of joy, you know, they'd, they'd found freedom after all them years of bondage just like we should feel when we come to Christ. It's that freedom from the worries of the world. You know, problem is that I see so many people, and have been through it myself, where we come through like that, yes, God. And then all of a sudden, the cares of the world swamp us again. And I just believe God wants to blow that some of that away today. You know, because very quickly, I believe that's where the Egyptians, sorry, the Israelites got to after their captivity in Egypt. And they started to grumble, if you remember. Uh, they were in a desert, and it's like, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry. But when I read that, I thought, if I was stuck in the middle of a desert with no water, I'd be grumbling, <laughs> I'd be giving it loads of that. And certainly eating food without meat. I don't know anyone can do that, is it? I'm not going to say it. You know, there's, there's some people that do that out of choice today. I think you're crazy nuts. I, don't, I, could, <laughs> I would be grumbling, honestly. But the thing is, when, when God leads us to do something and, and he, he, his plan unfolds for us in our life, if it doesn't actually work out exactly how we thought it would, it's easy for us to start grumbling and, and moaning about it. But you know what? Following God, and I'm sure anyone want to follow God in the house? Hands up. Okay. Right, there isn't it when it doesn't. We all do. But it all starts with absolute submission to him. You know, that's where it starts from. The Holy Spirit, who is God, uh, is free like the wind. And we're born again. We become free like the wind as well. So we've got to be able to flow with God to get that freedom and not put holds on God and, no, you can't do that, no, you can't do this. Just allow God to do what he wanted to do. And as we look at Israel here, that's what they were doing. They were following God, although it was through a desert, and that they were following them into the promised land. But suddenly, the Amalekites ambushed them. And, and have you ever been ambushed in your life? And it was quite interesting that that we were talking about dancing earlier because, I mean, I've been ambushed a couple of times, but the first time was when I left school and, and we went to the, the pictures and there was a film on called Saturday Night Fever. Have you ever seen, you ever seen that one with that dance that Andy was doing earlier? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And so we come out full of joys and that, but there was a new guy in, in so we're part of Landon and there's Basildon there and, and it was always this kind of postcode war, I guess you'd call it. Anyway, Anyway, so there, we came out and there was a guy called Terry, Terry Morell with his girlfriend and there was about 30 Basildon boys ready to give it to him. And so me and my mate Liz, we, oh, no, come on, let's go and help him out. And we said to him, look, he's, he's with his girlfriend. Are you really going to, you know? And then Terry walked off with his girlfriend and we got ambushed and they kicked the absolute stuffing out of us. They did. <laughs> and, and it wasn't nice. Being ambushed wasn't nice. We just went to see a film. Um, but the thing was, the Amalekites had ruled in the peninsula there for a long time and they weren't going to give up their territory easily. And so Israel now have got a real battle on their hands. And as, and as we look at this journey, this journey with Israel, 
that the, the battles that they had reflect the same sort of things that we go through personally and as a church today. Guys, did you know that we're called to war? Too much of this Christianity that's like woolly, fluffy and, you know, feel nice on a Sunday and that's about it. We're not. We're called to war. Verse 16 said there, look, look the, Lord will be, the Lord will war with the Amalekites in every generation. And we are one of them generations today. But we won't fight flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. The war's going on in our hearts, even today. Those habits that we've got that we find hard to break, that have been going on far too long, and we know it. Those things that, unless we deal with them, they're going to ambush us. Things like selfishness, anger, pornography. It's all there, and we need to deal with it. Because if we don't deal with it, it will ambush our walk with God. It will ambush our lives. And so, have you been ambushed? I'll start there. Have you been ambushed lately by the stuff that hasn't been dealt with in your heart? Because God is calling us today to freedom. He's calling us to fight for that. Fight for that area. Kick out the Amalekites so God's people, God's presence can move in. You up for that, church? Come on. Okay, so this, this passage is basically teaching us to be prepared, you know, because every day we live in this enemy-occupied territory down here called Earth, there's a spiritual battle going on. You know, it's unseen, it's invisible, but the thing is, is it's very real. And Paul said to us in Ephesians 6 that it's actually against the powers and the principalities in the heavenly realms. And so we need the Lord to help us through that. We're not to fight it ourselves. You know, it's God who fights it for us. But mainly we get attacked in our minds like we were feeling this morning that some are getting hounded by things that you've done before. God's even forgiven you. You know that. But Satan keeps reminding you. It keeps coming back. The shame is still there. The guilt is still there. The blood of Christ has washed it away. But he keeps reminding you. Some are like that. But his aim is to defeat us. That's what he does, guys, isn't it? He wants to defeat us, put us down, put despair in our minds, put uh, depression and difficulties and addictions of all different kinds of sorts. And if you're not ready for that, If you don't realise that that is part of the Christian life, that we overcome that stuff, you're going to be KO'd. You're going to get sucker punched. And we don't want that. We want to be ready. So we dress for battle. That's the thing. Can you imagine a soldier getting out there ready for war and he's got no battle dress. He hasn't even got a gun, but he's come out for war. He's going to be in trouble. It's going to hurt if you're not well dressed for battle. So you've been battling with depression, despair, any of these usual things, the guilt, the shame, addictions, pornography, all these kind of things that cram into our minds and our hearts. Have you been battling with that? Because God wants to release us today. He wants us to fight back. You ready to fight back, guys? Yeah, that's what he wants us to do today. You know what, I'd say this is that my daughter has been battling with heroin. She was brought up by her mum on Class A at 13. She's now 38. And we've been praying for her for years. 
years. And she turned up on Wednesday and said, Dad, I want to go rehab. It's like, come on. Don't give up praying, guys, because God will win through. And it really looks like she's going to go. Praise God. You know, we keep going with our prayers. Because, guys, did you know that you're born to win? You're not born to lose. I hear so many Christians that talk out as if, if they're a doormat and, and it woes me and all that kind of stuff. No, no, we're born to win. 1 John 4, 4 says this, that greater, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is in you. Now, did you know that God could have wiped the Amalekites out in a moment? He could have done it straight like that, but he chose not to. And you think, why God? If you're a loving God, why didn't you just defeat all my foes? Reason is this. He wanted to teach you how to fight. That's it. Each one sitting here today, he wants you to be a fighter. He wants you to have a KO punch. He wants you to be able to duck the enemy. This is what he wants to do. You know why? So at the end of it, he can honour you and say, well done, for your faithfulness. Well done for overcoming. Well done for following me. And so that he can honour you for the whole of eternity, not just this world. That's what he wants to do. This is what he wanted to do with Israel at the time and he wants to do it with you this morning, each one of us. That's his heart for us. You know, Wigglesworth said this, that great faith is a product of great fights. Great testimonies come out of great tests. Great triumphs come out of great trials. And that's what God wants for us. Not to be weeds and nerds and moaners and groaners, but to be saying, yeah, yeah, that did happen. And I've overcome it. This did happen. And look what God did. Look what I'm facing. And this is an enormous thing. But I know God has done it before. He's with me. He's in me. He's going to do it again. And that's a faith-filled person. And people, they look at you when you're like that. And they think, how can you be like that? It's God. It's God. And he will honour you forever for that. Can we praise God for that? For what he's going to do is give it. Come on, Lord. Do it, Lord. What do what you want to do? And did you know that the best is yet to come? It truly is in your life. It doesn't matter how many years you've clocked up. There's still more life on the clock yet. Come on. So Moses said to Josh, they, they, you know, they've been ambushed. They're going to come back tomorrow. He said, look, uh, Josh, you go and choose some men. So it's, it's time to do something. It's time for us to fight. You see, what had just happened was... Uh, Israel had crossed the Red Sea, didn't have to do anything. It's like Moses went like that. I wonder if this works, you know, boom, and the sea parted, and it walked through, didn't have to do anything. And you see that again and again in the Bible. Uh, he did it in, uh, was it 2 Chronicles 20, where he said to the Israelites, look, stand firm, don't do anything, the battle belongs to the Lord. That's it, right? but we see too much of that. And I mean, it's great that, that way, but we see too much of it today. And we hear about it, central London, a lot about here, but just be, it's all about being, be who you are and all that. Now, I will say on that, it's really important that you know who you are, that you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God, you're forgiven, you're loved, you've got a wonderful eternity, a hope forever, and God is absolutely cherishes you. Everything comes out of that. Don't do anything until you've got that sorted in your heart. But 
The reason for us being there is it because it, is, it produces something called action. We've got to do something because it matters that there are so many people out there that are depressed. It matters that there are so many people made in the image of God that are hurting out there. It matters that there are so many people lonely, they're on the streets, they haven't got gloves, they're tired, they're cold, they haven't got food. It matters that there are people out there like that. It matters that there are people that are lost and facing a lost eternity. It matters. It matters enough to Jesus that he came out of a perfect heaven. He came out to come and help us, to give us hope and a way forward. It matters, guys. It matters enough for Jesus to die on a cross for us to give us that way forward. It must produce motion and action in us. That's what this passage is there to generate. And for every generation, and we're one of the generations we see there. We've got our battles. I haven't got to tell you that, have I? You know what battles you're going through. And that's why we come together like this, so we can share what we're going through. Not so we can be mopey and groany and grumbly, although, hands up, I'm like that sometimes, but often nowadays it's like, no, we don't do that. No, we come together to share so we can help each other. I went through that. I prayed to God. And we have stories where, like, like Claire, my daughter, coming back, there's, there's hope there that God will step in, that God will do something, and it encourages us. And that's what we're here for, the family of God, strong in him, every generation. Because here's the truth. Every generation will have their own fights and their own battles. If you look into church history, and I love church history, he said we, the church has battled before just to, just to proclaim and, and that the Bible is God's authority, not, not the Pope or, or some other guy with a dress on and, and all this kind of stuff, and, and the authority of the Bible is, they've got as much as the Bible. And I don't know, you know, Martin Luther in his time, they had to battle for that. Was it, uh, you know, and the interpretation of the Bible, to give the common man, the normal man, the real words and not Latin that no one understood. These are battles that we've had. Salvation by faith alone, the church had to battle for that. <laughs> the thought that we could earn our way to heaven by being nice, doing good things, that you'd be good enough to go there. We had to battle to say, no, that's not the way. We go by faith in him. And then the spiritual gifts, you know, the Pentecostal movement came out of that. It's like, no, we want the spirit. We want God's presence. We want to pray in tongues. We want to set people free. That's how New Frontiers began. Now look at it. You know, every high street church is, has got the spirit. Well, a lot of them have anyway today. So it's not a battle for today so much. And then worshipping with drums in the house. You know, dun, 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 dun. The old, what was it, the keyboards is all they used to have. And that was fantastic. I'm not coming against uh, Zoe, wherever you are. Is yeah. It's like, but in the old days, it was like, I remember going into a, I won't say what it was, a, a church in Wales. And I, I was on holiday and I thought, we'll go and see them. Oh, my word. It was like a synagogue of Satan. They, they, they go, dun, 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 dun. And they're looking around. And as I got in, they went, this is the holy book. And I thought, well, it's all right. It was a hymn book, you know what I mean? <laughs> and when I started giving me testimony, oh, my God, if you'd have seen... Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Right? But, but you should have seen the faces, right? Like, you know, he's from hell, the guy. But no, with the drums, honestly, it was like that. But 
But you see, and all it was, oh, they want drums in here. We want the old music and all that. This was a fight that really did go on. You youngsters won't understand it. That was years ago. It was a big fight that the church had to have. Now, look, they're everywhere. Apart from here, what's happened? <laughs> you still got that one going on. All right. But, I mean, you know, there's, uh, so there's uh, the prophetic stuff. I guess that's still, we're still learning, that's still fighting for that. But today's battle, guys, I believe is this. It's the very first thing that Jesus asked us to do. Fish for men and become disciple makers. It's what he said, go and make disciples. All the power that people want, all the presence that people want, the presence of God and all that he can do was for one thing. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world, go and make disciples. That's what it's for. And this is what COVID and lockdown has exposed about the church. We're not producing disciple makers. It's as simple as that. We're saying, come to church and we'll give you a lovely welcome. Come to church and we'll give you a lovely cup of coffee and a biscuit. Come to church and we'll have lovely people giving you worship so you can enter that. Come to church and we'll get to, you know, someone at the front to unpack the Bible so you don't even have to do that for yourself. And then come to a group during the week, a lovely welcome, a biscuit or whatever, and someone else is going to unpack the word for you. You know what church has grown? It's grown a bunch of consumers who expect everyone else to feed them. And it's wrong, guys. It's wrong. We've grown a church that is saying, come and receive, not go and give. Jesus came to give. Gave his one and only son. Gave us to go and give to the world. And that's got to be reversed, guys. It's got to be reversed. So ask yourselves, you know, Billy Graham said this. You know Billy Graham. He loved all that, you know, the big evangelism stuff. They asked him, if you could do it again, what would you do differently? You know what he said? I would gather 12 men and I would put into them everything that God has placed me. That's what Billy Graham said. He started to see it. And so ask yourself today, are you a disciple maker? Yeah? Are you, who, when was the last time you came alongside someone, taught them, showed them what God has done for you, what Jesus has done for you, so that they're up and running with Jesus himself? That's exactly what we should be doing. Today's the day, the first day of the rest of your life. We can become disciple makers. That's what we want. You want that, church? You want to be able to do that? Come on. And then we see uh, Moses there, you know, so he's facing the Amalekites. He's thinking, it's the next day's coming. Joshua, you go uh, and fight the Amalekites with your sword. You go and do that. I'm going to go and stand on the hill uh, with my staff. And what he was saying there, I want to go to be with the Father. I'm going to take a couple of people with me. I'm going to go and pray about this. You go and do this stuff. And so what we see is, is we, Jesus did exactly the same thing. He was often a way to be with the Father. He gave us a pattern to live by. And, and he said, you go and do the same. In Matthew uh, 6, 6, he said, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father in secret. That's where we win the war for our children, for the youth, for our businesses, for our families, for the mountains that God puts in our lives so that we can learn to fight. 
He allows them to come so that we can pray, we can overcome with the power of God that is put in us and we become bigger people in God for all eternity. That's the way it works. You know, Mother Teresa said this, that prayer is not asking of God. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God. So the key to growing loving families, loving relationships, is lock yourself behind the door and pray to your father. Overcoming fears comes from that place of being with him. Financial breakthroughs come from being with him. And don't give up. You know, when Moses' hands were in the air, it says there, they were winning. As soon as his hands went down, they started to lose. So it's a consistency of praying, praying and not giving up. And you know, the whole thing about hands in the air, it's not like, oh Lord, open thou our lips. Any Anglicans will know where that's from. And I love them as well, I do. But it's not that. It's like, God, this really matters to me. I love my child. We prayed for Claire. I love her. God, will you give her back? Will you bring her back? God, I want my business to work. God, will you not come? Yet he wants passion. He wants to know that you mean it. And then he comes to answer. Keep your hands high, guys. Keep your hands high. Passionate prayers move God's high. He's a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you come to pray bored, he's probably going to scratch his head. Yeah, I'm bored as well. You know, go back to watching the telly. He's a person. You know, no, don't go back to watching the telly. You know, I didn't do it. Quote me on that one. So hold your hands up. He wants to step into your life. But there's a thing. I believe God is, is saying through this passage and the verse before, okay, and that is stop doubting God. Did you know that they, in verse 7 there that they got told off, they got rebuked, Israel. Why? Because they were asking, is the Lord with us? Is God really with us? And it's easy to do that in prayer, isn't it? As we go to God, he's, yeah, we'll answer everyone else's prayer, but is he really with me? Is he? Do you know that upsets God? Guys, read your Bible. God is The kingdom of God is upon you. It's within you. The kingdom of God is among you. God is in the house. And, and so we go to him knowing that he's going to listen to us. We listen to him and then we, we've heard from God. We have to put that into play. That's exactly how, how disciples live. It's what they live for. They go, you know, this is how we read the Bible. We don't just read it for knowledge so that I can be, I know, a little bit more than you or a little bit more than you. No, we go saying, God, will you reveal yourself to me? And when he reveals and he shows us something in our hearts, it's got to be right. How can I put this to play in my life? This is, it's, it's a relationship with the Bible. And so God will speak to us. God, we go expecting that. So do you, is this what you do behind the door with the Father when you're speaking to him? Even if you don't understand what it is that he's asking you to do, even if it doesn't make sense, we just do it. Start with the little things and then the bigger things will come. The opposite of this is self-will. It's not your will be done, God. It's my will. Or I'm going to do a little bit of your will, but I'm doing my stuff. No, he isn't that. Well, you might say, but I don't hear from God like that. Listen to what the word of God says. John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. So my sheep, that's us. 
You've got Christ in you, you're a sheep. Get over it, all right? I, I wish it was, you know, a lion. Or, you could argue it's that as well, couldn't you, really? The lion and the lamb in us. He's in us. You're a sheep, okay? But they hear my voice. It doesn't say you might hear, or if God's having a good day, he will speak to you on a bad day. It's like, I'm too busy for you. It doesn't say that. It says, my sheep hear my voice. And so the, the thing to do is this. Start believing that you're hearing and when you start believing, you will realise that you're already hearing. And God will, you, it will be revealed to you how many different ways God is already speaking to you. And so God is calling us to that. Moses got tired. Moses got tired. Like if I speak to anyone in here today and I say, how are you doing? That nine times out of ten, I'm tired. That's what will come out. Out of lockdown, that's what I'm seeing. So many people that are tired. Keep your hands up, guys. Keep your hands up. Keep praying. That is a call to persistent prayer, to keep going back to the next step. You get an idea of where God wants you to be, but he's free like the wind, and the wind blows sometimes this way, sometimes that way. And if we want freedom, we've got to be ready to go, okay, God, it's this, but now it's that. We've got to move with him and continue to go back to him. I was in a prayer meeting a, about a year ago with Duncan and Andy and that. And, uh, and I said, I said to Duncan, I think I feel like the Holy Spirit saying to me is, is, you know, we've got some people from Basildon that are hooking in over Zoom. We couldn't meet in the cinema. I said, I, I don't know, I feel God saying we've got to look after them. So Duncan said, okay, well, let's write their names down. So we wrote their names down. I didn't think of any, any more of it. It's like... We're just putting it on paper and we'll see what happens. And so I kept praying to God and then I said to, to you know, it's like, God, what are you doing with these? And I feel God say to me at another time, it's unfinished business and I want you to do more. So I thought, okay, I'll see what happens. So we did a picnic and we had many people came. And it's like, no, God seems, it seems that God wants to do something, but I still wasn't sure. So we did a barbecue and people came to the barbecue and, and they were so happy to meet up again uh, and be together. But I kept going back to God and saying, God, I've still, is it what you want? And I feel God say, now I want you to do a camping week, which we'd done years ago up there. And, and I said, okay, so we did a camping week. It was real fun. It was really exciting and people come and enjoyed it. But I'm still in the places like, God, but do you really want us to do more? And so I'm thinking about different churches we could go to to hire their churches out if it went that way. But I really wasn't sure. And I sat there one day and, and God showed me these two trees in the garden. Debbie's dad came over. And, and they had all the other trees had leaves on, these had no leaves. And, and he said, Clive, I think them two oak trees are dead. Fully grown they were. And I went, no, 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 just give it a bit more time, another couple of weeks and, and we'll see what happens. Well, 10 days later, they all started to sprout leaves out and these two trees are full of leaves now. And God spoke to me in the heart, is there going to be two flourishing churches that come out of this? And it was, wow, 
I really feel God. And it was like, okay, I'll take the next step, God. And so the next step was a bit of a team started to form and, and people still coming on. And, and then God spoke to me about doing an alpha course. So we started to do an alpha course. Uh, a few weeks ago, there's about 16 people averaging that, uh, that are coming on that alpha course and five people responded to the gospel last week. Is that, is that you know, and, and so out, out of just a, a sense of hearing the spirit and starting to step in, it's starting to unfold around us everywhere. This could be you guys. What is God saying to you? And the thing is this, we've got to fight for it though, guys. You know, there's a reason for it. God doesn't need you to fight. He could do what he wants anyway. He wants you to grow and mature and become powerful in God. Not powerful in you, powerful in God. You know, Paul calls us to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And so there's a taking hold of. It's not just, I love Jesus and he makes me feel nice and everything happens, like just be who you are. No, be who you are so that something comes out of it, that we step forward. There's a taking hold of what God has placed in your heart. There's grabbing hold of it and making it happen. It was time for Israel to fight. Moses went up the hill to be with the Father, to be in his presence, to, to get the power of God. And when the power of God came down, Joshua, who was out on the field fighting with his sword, won. But we need both. We need the power and the presence and being with God, but we also need to step out and do whatever he's calling us to do. And it's a rally cry from God today. Church, it's time to fight. It's time to fight. You ready for that, church? Can we have a little bit of music, if that's possible? Yeah. Can we stand, please? We're just going to pray. And, uh, oh, Lord. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And so it is a rally cry today. It's a rally cry from the Lord. And, yeah. Oh, God. The rally cry is this, is that God doesn't want us to be ambushed by the things that are in our heart. Whether it's jealousy or anger, be honest with God. What, what is it in my heart today that I'm battling with? Maybe there's a sin of laziness there. Or maybe it is pornography or some other kind of addiction. God wants you to fight back today. Don't be ambushed. And at this time, I think it's quite key that we watch our emotions, that people are on tender hooks as they come out of lockdown, we're out of lockdown, but then the numbers are rising and this, that and the other. And, and it just does. Entering into the world that we were so easy with before has become difficult for people. Difficult. And so this morning, watch that. And he's asked to fight for our marriages, fight for our families, our friendships and our businesses. Fight for them this morning. And fight to be a disciple maker. It will mean that you've got to come alongside someone. Who is that person that just needs to know what Jesus has done for you? 
that Jesus has stepped into your life and what he's done. And then time to persist in prayer. You know, Moses didn't stop praying until Joshua won. We've got to keep praying for the things that God has called us to. Keep praying and God will win the day.